Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Well, welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am excited that you are joining me today uh, because on the Friends of a Feather, y'all know that I love thinking about what y'all would really want to hear and what you are going to be encouraged with and what your faith is going to be buoyed up with. And my friend, Angie Luce is coming on the show today. And let me tell you a little bit about Angie. She has walked through the valley and she has walked through through the valley with such uh, faith. And I want her to share her story with you today. It is about loss and grief. Uh, and I think that a lot of you will be, I know you will be encouraged, but I think that it will minister to a lot of you who have lost children. And so I want you to uh, put away distractions and just really listen to Angie's heart and her story. And um, and so we're going to jump in, but Angie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. This is going to be great. Angie and I grew up together at church and um, even though I was a few years older, we won't go into that, but she is an incredible model for us to follow for her faith walk. And, you know, you really see who a person is when they are walking through the valley or walking through something, uh, walking through the fire, as we would say. Um, and so, Angie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, and then we're going to jump in. Sure. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I am married to Nathan. We are about to celebrate 20 years in May and we have, um, Mariana is 16. Wow. Adrian is 13 and Graham is 11. So right now I have one in high school, middle school and elementary school, and it is so much fun. And then I, I also, um, I work at faith Baptist church and I am in women's ministry here and it is a joy. So I am so grateful to be able to, um, to work in something that I absolutely love and get to, um, do ministry with women and serve with women here. And, uh, and it's just a really exciting season of life too, busy and, and fun. It's amazing how our kids get older, but we don't, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm looking around at friends of mine. I'm like, they have teenagers. How is that possible? It <laughs> but is crazy. It, it is. It is. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and so we're going to go back a few years, Angie. We're going to go back when you had Mariana. She was, I think, around one or two. Yeah, she was. She was 20 months old. Okay. Okay. And you had an appointment, you were pregnant. You were, you had an appointment that I think was around maybe five months when you were five months pregnant. Is that right? Right. I was going in, um, for our 20, 20 week ultrasound. I don't even know if they still do that at 20 weeks, but that was the big one mm -hmm. where you go in for diagnostics, you find out boy or girl, you know, hopefully. And so, yes. So that's kind of where the story picks up because we were, um, 
having our second baby thrilled about it, but things were just flying because we had a toddler at home and it was just busy. You know, it's different than the first time around, um, but I felt great. And I thought everything was all going well. And we went for that appointment. I was looking on the screen and everything just looked just like it had when I had seen it with Marianne. I thought I knew what I was doing this time around, you know, and I see this beautiful little form and little thumb and everything looks great. But I noticed right away that the ultrasound technician was not acting normal mm-hmm. and, uh, and her, her, her quietness, you know, eventually alerted Nathan and I that something was not really going like she thought it would. And so she, she did tell us after not very long that she needed to go get the doctor, um, to come in. And so, um, within a matter of minutes, uh, my doctor walked in the room and we went from, um, literally 10 minutes before, just so excited to find out boy or girl, um, to my doctor walking in with tears in his eyes and telling me that what they were seeing on the ultrasound um, indicated that our baby girl was not compatible with life is what they told us at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm. And what's going through your mind when you're, like you said, it was 10 minutes before you were overjoyed. This is, you know, this life God has given us. And then you go from that to just devastation of I've lost you know, I'm going to lose this baby. Right. What are you thinking? Like, what are you going through? It was something that, um, it's hard to put into words, you know, when you feel like your entire life has just changed in a moment and everything you thought before you walked in that door felt completely different. And there's shock and grief and, um, this uh, inability to comprehend it, to take it all in. And as I was thinking about it again today, it's just that, that feeling of complete powerlessness. Like you can do nothing to change your situation. And and that, um, that feeling is so frustrating. I think that we kind of hold on to this idea that we do have a little control. (laughs) And and then that, um, that facade is just ripped away. And, and, And the fact that I don't have control. I mean, that just became so evident. So yeah, it was all those things, just so much, um, so much shock as you try and take in something um, and recognize the fact that no matter what, we couldn't do anything to change the outcome that they were telling us was going to be our reality. I like how you brought up the, the fact of control and that we feel powerless and how much control we really don't have. We think we do, but the facade, like, I like how you said the facade of control. And so how do you go f- from that powerless feeling? How do you walk out of that doctor's office? Nathan was with you, I'm assuming. He was, he was, I was so grateful. And, um, we, we walked out of there. We went to meet our families. You can call them and, and, and uh, immediately begin, um, just sharing in this, um, this grief with them, but I, I'm telling you, it was, it was a moment that day, even where I'm looking at my, at our life <laughs> and it's just a complete reevaluation of everything. And I thought, I don't have any control over what's going to happen to our little girl. And it became so clear ahead of me. I, I just almost saw these two paths going out in front of me, you know, there's the path, um, that is a path of holding on to anger (laughs) and and, and just self-pity over what has happened, how different my new reality is from the one I, I, I wanted, 
you know, just to have a normal, a, a healthy baby. And, um, and, and that that reality was gone, you know, I could see that. And I just thought there's something so um, attractive, if that's the wrong word, but just the, the, uh, this draw to be angry and to hold on to that. And just that almost makes you feel a little bit better if you could just blame somebody or be mm. angry at something and, and, and kind of crawl in a hole. And then the other option I saw is that, you know, I could trust God, even though I do not understand why in the world this is his plan. This is what he's allowing to happen in my life. And it just, in a moment, I just felt those two paths stretching out and I saw where the, the one path led, you know, you can see it I said, you know what, if I go down this path, once I go down it, I don't know how you get out. I don't know how you jump off of that path. And I've seen people, you know, people who have been devastated by, um, by grief and, and, and who then became consumed by bitterness. Um, and I thought that's not where I want to be. Even then I thought, you know, as I look at my life down the road, do I want to be a shell of myself? Um, do I want to have a future that is just eaten up with, with anger? And, you know, the answer is obviously no, that's not what I want. And so the only, the only thing that I had control of was my response. You know, that's all we really do is our response. And I thought, do I want to, um, wave my fist at God, or do I want to know that I'm going to, I'm going to trust Tim, a God who I know loves me even though I have no idea why he's allowing this, but I still know that he loves me. And so ultimately that's kind of where I landed that day was that first step of just, I'm going to choose to trust you, God, in this, even though we're devastated, I'm going to choose that you have a way to work in this that I can't see, that I just cannot see at this time. And so it was like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest step of faith was just stepping out and saying, I'm choosing to trust. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's, that's the choice that I'm going to make. And so it started that day with that tiny step. And it's like, like we know that any tiny step of faith, God just responds. His, his response is so overwhelming and the strength he gives us that we know we don't have, you know, in response to that is, um, is something that grows. And, and that's what I got to experience over the next months on our journey was God's incredible response to the tiniest faith, <laughs> you know, that I, I did not have anything. I felt like I'm coming with nothing. I'm so weak. And, um, and his response overwhelmed us. It just overwhelmed us over the next, um, the next months of our journey. I think that's where God wants us to, to, to be at that weakened state where we know it's not anything in ourselves. It is him stepping in and honoring that tiny bit of faith that right. we have, you know? Uh, and there's so much in what you just said. There's two paths, you know, we can trust God or we can allow that self-pity anger. And I'm thinking that this was not a one-time choice. This was the first choice you had. It's every this day and over. throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, every day yeah, you, yeah. you wake up and you're like, I have to choose that again. 
mm-hmm. like keep yeah. doing yeah. that. And it's it, throughout the day, you know, it is because there's so many opportunities throughout every day, it, every part of it. Mm-hmm. And it was this continual choosing mm-hmm. to trust. And I, I remember you talking about one time, or maybe it was, it's probably more than one time when you would be in a grocery store and, you know, your, uh, your child Poppy is growing inside of you. And so you are pregnant. And so you're walking through this and people are commenting, oh, when are you due? And that kind of thing. And so I'm sure, and you can tell us how you had to choose that in that moment when you wanted to reach out and say, you don't understand, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. did you, did you go through those moments as well? Yeah, absolutely. From the outside appeared just to be a completely mm-hmm. normal, healthy, pregnant lady, you know, with another little girl. And so we got all kinds of kind smiles and people excited for us, you know, and they have no idea. And so, yes, that is, that is difficult. And it can be, um, it could also be, um, just something that I knew Satan could use in such a big way, you know, to tear, um, to tear me down and continue to point out the, the not fair of life. Um, but what God did through those moments, those everyday moments that we just, it was like over and over and over again, you know, was he did something so cool, I think, which was to broaden my perspective. Like, I feel like before that I had been going through life with such a small perspective and everywhere around me, I looked, I just, it it never occurred to me the hurting world around me in the way that now I could understand it. And so it gave me so much compassion for what was going on around me, looking at people differently, seeing that person who's not maybe smiling or being kind thinking, I don't know what's going on in their life. I have Mm. no idea, you know, what they may be experiencing. And so I just felt like it was a gift of being, um, having kind of a veil lifted from my eyes and not just seeing it from the perspective of if I'm doing great, I'm just assuming everybody else is doing great as well. And it really, really opens me up to being able to look around me and just see people differently, (laughs) see people Mm. from a through different eyes because my, my lenses had changed. And so I felt like what, what the end result of that was, was yes, I'm, I'm understanding, look, they can't tell what's going on in my life. So I can't tell what's going on in theirs. And so Mm -hmm. it really gave me a lot of grace for people. It gave me a lot of compassion. It helped me to begin looking for things, you know, and looking and you know, how, how can I see people around me? How can I be praying for those around me who I, I don't even know what's going on. So that was um, Mm. kind of an unexpected blessing in those hard moments, because Mm. that's what I, that was my reality. I had to choose whether I'm going to, you know, stay at home all the time to avoid that or get out, you know, and live. And that was going to be part of it was being able to go and know that's okay. I'm going to face that. And it's okay. I'm going to be able to hand to lay this hurt down at Jesus too. But in the same time, he is giving me something new, something I was grateful for that I had this um, depth of perspective that had not been there previously. Mm -hmm. And it's so gracious of the Lord to do that in those moments of hard of to give you that and to see the impact. And I'm sure that has continued with you to this day of, of just taking that veil off and how the hard, the broken times they do, if, if God, if we let God work in them, then they do 
give us blessings and unexpected. Yes. So that's a, that that's incredible. Okay. So let's, let's jump now to a few months later, December 1st came. Okay. And tell me the details that you remember about that day. So as we were leading up to it, you know, there's, there was so many unknowns with trisomy 18, which is what Poppy had. Um, they told me she might not make it to birth. She might, she might not be born alive. She might be born alive. There's, there's really no indication from even her condition, um, on, on what her outcome would be other than they know that, that really, um, long-term life is not an outcome. Um, but there are so many unknowns along the way. So we had known that we known that there was, um, she had hydrocephaly. So she had a lot of fluid on her brain, which was going to need to have a special delivery. And so, um, we knew all of that and we, we knew that going in, but we just had no idea what would actually look like, you know, it was just really walking. I, I, I've never been in a time like that before of walking by faith where you have no idea, like the future mm-hmm. is just completely unknown and, and you're just walking, mm-hmm. knowing that God is right there with me, but I do not know what's coming. So mm-hmm. December 1st was that moment also for us. It's not when she was due. And, um, but I, I had contractions and you know, that around midnight that night and ended up, we did end up going into the hospital on December 1st. And, um, and, and they told us when we got there, you know, okay, today is going to be that day. Uh, you know, we are going to go ahead and and deliver her today. And it was required a special C-section. So they, they were able to bring in a team. And, um, during those early morning hours, we had our friends, our family, church members come up to the waiting room and just begin to pray. Um, and, it is something indescribable to know what it that to experience. I feel like the supernatural presence of God, the peace that we know he promises that it surpasses understanding, but to experience it that day, um, like we did as we had prayer warriors out there in, in the lobby and we were literally could feel the prayers of, you know, covering us as we went in for that surgery. And it was that moment, like I thought, we don't have any idea what's going to happen. How am I going into this? How am I going into this, you know, the surgery? And, um, and I, I thought about it before a little bit and I just thought, am I going to be able to handle it? You know, will I, Hmm. will I have this, uh, adrenaline rush or panic attack or, or what is going to happen, you know, when we go in there. And so we get there into that delivery room and I don't know if I'll ever experience another, um, another, those moments in that room, I think are something that you may only get once in a lifetime. And Mm. it was, um, the, the, the understanding that God's presence was so in that room. I felt Mm. like his angels were watching over us and I felt so at peace, like a peace that I have never had, even going into this unknown of not knowing what was about to happen. 
Um, and, and so it was just the most beautiful provision that I could have imagined that God provided to us in that time. So um, they begin doing the surgery um, and we, uh, she was, they, they were able, you know, to deliver her and I heard nothing. And, um, you know, that was one of those moments where we don't know if she's ever going to breathe on this side of, of, you know, on this side of heaven. And so as we're sitting there, um, I sent Nathan away. He'd been by my, you know, right there by my head, holding my hand. And I just sent him and I said, please go, please go see her. Please go see what's going on. And, and I just prayed out loud right there. I just said, God, let her breathe. And, um, at that moment, she, you know, had the most beautiful cry at ever, you know, you can imagine. And she began breathing. Mm-hmm. And um, the doctor came over to me and she said, you have no idea. She said, she's just, she's just doing great. She said, we could not have imagined um, how great she's doing. And um, they're able to Nathan was able to bring her over by me as they finished up the surgery. And we spent 30 minutes being able to tell her how blessed she was and um, how many people had prayed for her, how God had used her over the past four months to do something so incredible that could never have been done with a normal, with a normal pregnancy. And um, how her story had stretched literally across the globe through that, you know, the gift of the internet and the blog <laughs> and being able to share in that way. And we just spent this sacred time in there with her in that room. And then they told us that um, she was doing so well that we were going to be able to immediately go in a room and cheer her with all of our friends and family. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was long, long, long before COVID, which I'm grateful for because we were mm-hmm. able to have they had no limit. I have no idea how many people that they let come in there with us. Um, people from just all of walks of life who, who had shown up that morning and were there for us. We had all of our family and our friends and people who had prayed and they filled that room and it became the most joy filled room as we were able to share. And we, I mean, we were, we were singing, people were holding her and we were just having the most beautiful time celebrating that God had allowed us to experience, you know, on this side, which we didn't know. We didn't know we'd ever get that. And she, um, she did amazing. And, you know, we got to see, um, we got to see Mariana who had turned two by then get to hold her sister and all of the grandparents and all of our friends. And, um, it was something that we had, we just felt God gave us a gift. He gave us a gift. And they said, um, we, several hours later, they said, she's doing so well, you know, we're going to move you into a regular room. And so everybody said goodbye and walked out and I looked down and, um, we realized right away that she was gone and that, um, you know, Jesus had just taken her straight from my arms, uh, up to his, and he had given us three hours. We had three hours here with her and it was, Something that beforehand, we never knew exactly. I mean, how do you pray for a certain time? You can't. You don't know. There's nothing you can um, that can prepare you for what to pray. But we had felt compelled to step out in faith. And we had kind of made ourselves vulnerable and prayed boldly and asked God for three things. And, and, and he answered every one of those things that she would be born alive and that we would um, 
be able to spend uh, time with her on this earth and that she would be able um, to meet those who also, that others that have been on the journey with us could share in it. And he answered every one of those things in his perfect way. And, you know, it became so, and we knew it, but it became so obvious is that her life was, um, it was a gift. It was not meant to be lived here. You know, he chose us and allowed us to be her parents, knowing though that this was not, this was not what she was made for. She was made to go to heaven, but he allowed us, you know, that three hours with her. And it was so, um, I just saw it right then as such a gift. It was just so incredibly um loving the way that he answered the prayers that we had lifted up to him and the provision along the way and the detail, you know, just the little details. Um, they just were um, just little, they were gifts from him. And, and we just felt that um, through the entire experience. So that is how our story, um, our story with Poppy went. And again, it was, you know, I was reading back, some of the journals that I had written. And I, I remember reading the story of Abraham and Isaac. And, you know, I always had thought that the, the part of Abraham that was really the, the biggest faith part for him was when he had Isaac up there on that altar. But, you know, I just realized that the journey, the winning the battle for him was when he decided to go, you know, and he took Isaac and he took the supplies and he started that journey. And so I realized that was in, in a lot of ways, the same for us. The battle wasn't getting there to the delivery room. It was the months before that it was the choosing to trust him and not knowing like what, our story was going to look like. I didn't know how he was going to provide for us until we got there. But the journey along the way, you know, that's where the victory was. And that's where it was won is trusting him before we knew the outcome and not just the outcome of, of that particular day. But, um, you know, in that time after that, we continued to see that our story wasn't over. Um, and those, those days actually after she was born, you know, they were also filled with a lot of, a lot of shadow. You don't know what's next. You know, I said, okay, now we know what Poppy's story was. Now what? And those were, those were hard moments of saying, okay, you provided and you gave us the gift of, of being able to meet her. And now, I'm about to walk this next stage, which is the after and the grief um, and allowing God and having that same faith of the before of the unknown, but you, you know, it's like still a faith journey to trust that he is going to be able to bring healing, you know, that he is going to provide life for us after that he's going to create something beautiful, even out of this loss. Um, and so it continued to be this faith journey. And um, we continued to see him provide as, as he, you know, began to just over time, heal our hearts. What we didn't know is the specifics of what he had in store for us. So um, I think you had mentioned, you know, that I could share a little bit about what happened after Poppy. And um, 
Yeah. Let me ask you a couple of questions okay, before sure, we move ahead. on. Cause I want to hear all of this. I like how you said that God was in the details and that he truly was and God, how he does things are so specific and, um, and detail oriented. And he's just, he's, he's a, a detailed God. And I love that. And I want to say that when we see, and I'm going to put this in the show notes of the video that y'all created about the song that Chris Tomlin, I think saying where it's going back to that scripture. Uh, I remember that scripture that y'all ministered with through Job, which it was the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I love that the impact of this verse um, is God had taken Poppy away, but the giving that God has given you um, very soon after, and we're going to hear that, that part of the story, but uh, the video that y'all had of the day that Poppy was born. And it is, you can, you talked about the peace overwhelming you and you can see when you watch that video, you could see the peace and the joy on your face. And it's, 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 an amazing thing to see. And then I heard y'all seeing Jesus loves me and um, having Mariana there. I know that was so meaningful and friends and family. And I'm so glad that you documented that on a video so that you can show that it's the faithfulness of God. And so, um, so how did that scripture really, uh, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. How did that form your journey after giving birth to Poppy? So after we, um, I went in for a follow-up appointment a little bit later. And at that appointment, we got kind of more bad news. It was kind of a blow, <laughs> you know, cause you kind of feel like, have I it, just still that, that lingering idea of fairness or have I not been through enough, mm-hmm. which of course, Job is the epitome of that because it never Mm -hmm. ended for him. And I certainly, our circumstances were not like that, but they did let me know that because of the C-section that I had had, that was necessary to deliver her, that um, that I I needed to wait a a significant amount of time before having another baby, you know, to, to heal from that. And we didn't, we didn't know that on the front end. And so it felt like another loss. It felt like another, Mm. um, something that was like, wow, that kind of knocked the wind out of us again, as we're thinking about a future and knowing, you know, that our hearts long to have another, another child. And, um, but God had put it in our hearts long time before. I mean, when we were even engaged, we had talked about the fact that we would really, um, love for adoption to be part of our family. We didn't know how that would look. We had no idea. I mean, Nathan and I got married. I was 20. You know, we were really young, but it mm-hmm. just it just felt that we wanted to do that. And I think in our heads, our plans, you know, we saw that happening um, sometime after we'd had biological children and that maybe we would adopt after that. What God came in and showed us after the news that I kind of felt was devastating for my doctor, he came in and just opened, um, kind of opened our eyes up and said, I want you to pursue adoption now. This isn't the timing that you had in mind. I was 25. Um, and I just never, it never crossed my mind. I just never had considered that. And, and God really made it clear to us, like, this is my timing for you now to pursue a journey of adoption, this process. And this is how I'm going to add on to your family right now. 
And, um, you know, it is just once we realize that we're like, okay, you know, this is again, this is another faith journey because Mm. adoption is, but again, it was just, okay, I know I can trust you. We know, we know you are faithful. You have been faithful. And so you're going to be faithful in this. So we began that adoption journey and we were able to, well, you know, we, we decided we wanted to go through life choices because I love life choices. And, um, it is such a ministry that was really close to our hearts. I love everything about it. I especially love the fact that I could be involved in the ministry, um, as a counselor and be there Mm. uh, to provide hope and encouragement for women who found themselves in difficult pregnancies. And I found, I knew what it was like to be in a difficult pregnancy. I didn't have the same circumstances that everybody Mm. coming into life choices had, but I knew what it was like to be in a situation that you didn't expect to be in. And that was very difficult while you were pregnant. So I just felt this, um, I, I wanted to be able to use that as well. So we, um, went through this, this process at life choices and we went through paperwork. And my idea on that was just, I want to kind of be done with my part. That way we can just say, it's all your timing. God, (laughs) we're just waiting on you. We're just praying, waiting. And, you know, could be years. We have no idea what this journey is going to look like. So we, um, we did it like so fast, I threw myself into it and we were able to complete all of our paperwork and be done by the end of April, by the last week of April was really super fast. And so we finished and I said, okay, we're, we're just praying now, told everybody that, um, now it's just in God's court and we are waiting to see what he has next for us. And so that was like on April 28th or something. And then I got a call on May 10th. And, um, and that call was from Life Choices and they let me know that there was a baby girl who had already been born. Um, that's not, that's not the way it's supposed to happen either. You're supposed to have months and months notice. Um, and, and it's just, that's, that's the norm. This is not the norm. And so they were asking if it would be okay for our, our family's profile to be kind of put out there for the, her, for this birth mother to choose. And so, um, one week later on my birthday, we got the call that her birth mother, that Adrian's birth mother, um, had chosen us to be uh, mm. her family. And it was just, it was like, how could I have possibly imagined, um, mm. what, what God had for us, you know, that, um, that Adrian was actually in her mother's womb when Poppy was born. Like I, mm. it never could have even crossed my mind. That that is what God had in store. He didn't have in store for us to raise Poppy on this earth, but he knew at the same time, I mean, from the, you know, he, he's always known when I didn't know, (laughs) you know, that there was Adrian and that that was his plan for us from the beginning of time. And so, um, so Adrian uh, came home to be a part of our family by the end of May. And in the, in Tennessee, you have to wait six months to sign the official adoption paperwork. It's all, it's all settled, you know, 10 days after, but you have to wait to sign those official adoption paperwork papers six months later. And when that time kind of approached, our adoption attorney got in touch with us and he just said, by the way, I just wanted you to know that it looks like we're going to have court on December 1st. And it was just one of those moments of, um, 
like you said, those little details that we were able to go in one year later and um, mm -hmm. we officially adopted Adrian. She's six months old. And the beauty of how God provided was just so evident. It was so evident. Um, and it has just been the greatest joy that we got to have Poppy, that we got to experience God's faithfulness in a way that we had never experienced, that we got to see him work <laughs> and how he worked in us. And then on top of that, how he used her to bring us through this journey of adoption and that that was always his plan for us. And so um, it, it's, it's just incredible. I still am completely blown away by his faithfulness to us. Mm. And I think that is a character quality that we can just look at that God revealed himself to y'all through his faithfulness, just faithful and the details and the big things and the small things and the small moments, like you mentioned. Um, wow. Okay. So if there is a mom out there and she is walking through a hard pregnancy might not be as the similar circumstances like yours was, but, um, she's walking through a hard pregnancy or she has lost a child in miscarriage or had a stillbirth and that a baby is in heaven or even older. And she's lost a child. What would you say to her? I would say it is just so hard to let go of the why I think the why can mm. kill us. Um, but it is so necessary because mm. I think what you have to surrender is our right to know our right to understand what's going on because that can rob you. It can just rob you of what God can do, even in what we do not understand when there is no answer for the why, because I, I hear, I hear things all the time and I just feel like, wow, I don't understand why for other people. I think that's, that's so much harder than what we went through. That's so much, I, you know, I, I don't understand and I ache for people. And it's like, I, I don't think we can ever know necessarily. I mean, sometimes God gives us glimpses, but we can't understand God. We can't. And, um, being able to surrender that surrender the, the, the desire, the feeling we have the right, we want to know, um, and just allowing God to, to work and say, I'm going to trust you, even though I don't know why I'm going to trust that you have something in this that I cannot understand. And he is so faithful to respond to that. It's not always with the result that we want, but it is um, being able to make beauty from ashes. He, he is the only one who can do that. And, um, and I think that what I saw through our journey is I, I still don't know. I don't have all the answers, um, but I do know that he is there. And that's what you can know is that he is there. He doesn't promise such a, such a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that so many people give this false idea that he promises us, you know, a, a, a problem or pain-free life because he doesn't he nowhere does he he just promises to be there in the valley with us and uh and to be there in the unknown the ununderstandable and and that he promises to be enough and so that's mm -hmm. what I would say is just step out in faith to know that he's enough when we don't understand why 
What did that practically look like in your life? Like, how do you, how did you do this on a daily basis? Yeah. I, I think that that's, that's, that's a out loud thing sometimes <laughs> that I'm trusting, mm-hmm. I'm trusting you today and I don't feel like it and, and I'm, you know, and I don't understand and this is not what I wanted, but I'm going to trust that you can do something that you can show me something that you can work in this and ask to see, how are you working in this? You know, and I, I think, he is going to answer that prayer. And, you know, I think what we see is our prayers align with his when we're walking by faith. And so instead of, you know, when, when God promises to give us, you know, the desires of our heart, it's because our, our, our will has been able to be in line with his through, through that journey with him. And so you get to see that, then you start getting to experience that, that no, it's not just God answering things in the way that I had my life planned out and that I want the answer, but that he is showing me that he is, he is a God who, um, who works in the, uh, in the unexplained and the things we don't understand and in ways that we can't comprehend. And I remember that my, my grandfather had said, you know, if you think about it, do you really want to serve a God you can understand? And I don't, you know, I think that that would make him on my level and he's so above it. He's so above it. And so even though it's incredibly hard um, Mm. and it's so painful, he can be trusted. And even though I don't understand him, (laughs) he Mm. has a plan that's bigger than me. And I know that. I know that. I know that because of seeing the story of um, his word. I know that because of his faithfulness in my own life. And so I know it's true. I know it's true. And that's, um, I think how practically every day it's that decision to, uh, to, to allow him to work when, um, when I don't understand. Mm -hmm. That's a good word. And if y'all do not know, Angie's grandfather is the late Dr. Adrian Rogers. And, um, he has so many words of wisdom. And so that is, that is incredible to bring that memory back. Okay. So you started a blog back when this was all going, you were going through all this. And so, and then you self-published a book about Poppy. So can you tell us what is it called and where can we go find it? If we want to either send this to someone who is walking through a similar path, um, where can we find it? Sure. Okay. So I, I did, um, in the month afterward, I got away and I just, it's very short. I will tell you that it's a short book. It's 89 pages. It is definitely not an overwhelmingly long read. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it is just, uh, really the, the story I said, it's poppies in December, hope for the hurting. And it is the story from beginning, you know, until, um, through the story of Adrian's adoption of God's faithfulness to us. I include a lot of the, um, the blog posts that I wrote along the way. And, mm-hmm. um, so it, it is just the lessons, the things that God showed me. And the whole premise of the book is that there is hope. There is so much hope, even in, um, in the devastating. And, uh, so that is, that's, that's what I have hope from the beginning. I told, I told God, I said, I just want to be willing to share your story whenever you give the opportunity to me and in whatever ways. And so one of those ways is, was through, through writing down the book and knowing that God can use that, um, use what he showed me to encourage somebody else, just like he encouraged me 
from other people's journeys and stories. The The title of the book, Poppies in December, is something that is, again, one of those little details that God gave us, which is, um, I, I had really hoped that for her service, for her memorial service, that we would be able to have poppies um, there. And mm-hmm. we, my, my mom had gotten in touch with a florist and told him that, and he began looking and he told her, he said, I, I want you to know there's not a single poppy in this country in December. He said, they don't grow where there's nowhere that we can have them. And he, he was just trying so hard. And I said, that's okay. I understand. Um, you know, it just would have been, you know, really just sentimental, but that's it. You know, I understand that you can't do that. Um, but the day before her service, we got a call from the florist and he let us know that he had tracked down poppies in Hong Kong. And that they were going to send them on a passenger plane overnight and be there the morning of her service. And um, we didn't know. He's like, I don't know what they look like. I have no idea, but I am getting these. And they were the most beautiful flowers, the most Mm. beautiful poppies I've ever seen in my life. And again, Mm. it was just one of those things that God didn't have to do. And he did. Mm. And he provided poppies uh, in December. And I just felt like it was just such a beautiful picture of it. So anyway, that's what the book is called. Mm. And um, yeah, you can find it at lulu.com, which is just a self-publishing site. And they are, Mm. but they are available on there. And if you do know somebody, I I hope that it would be... um, something that would provide hope Mm -hmm. to somebody who's going through something similar. Absolutely. And thank you for writing that and putting that out so that people can get encouragement. Let's say that there is a mom out there and then she wants to contact you and really wants to talk with you about something about your story or maybe just needs encouragement. Where can we find you online? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I you can reach out to me on Facebook or um, you. my blog is poppyjoy.blogspot.com. You can go there and also um, get my email from there. You know, it's one of those joys. Um, in 2 Corinthians 1, it's a passage that just spoke volumes to me um, through our journey. I'm going to, I don't have it open. I'm going to read it though. About how God uses what we go through to encourage Mm -hmm. each other. I mean, it's just part of what he, he allows things, but then uses them. And so here's what it's, it's uh, second Corinthians one, praise the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts Mm. us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I have been so grateful for the comfort I have received from others. And I feel it such a high honor to be able to do the same, you know, because that's how God has created us as the body to work. And so he allows those opportunities. uh, And I, I absolutely am grateful for every one of them. Okay. So reach out to you on Facebook, on your blog, and then through your email. That's incredible. That's awesome. I wanted to hear every part of it because, um, I wanted people out there, women that might be going through, or maybe even not going through something like that. We have gleaned so much about God's faithfulness from your story and his character. And so I thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story, your God story with us today. Oh yes. That's what it is. It's, it is all about him, which is why it is so amazing. Mm. 
So at the end of each episode, I ask my guests, what are they eating, reading and loving? And so I want to know from you, what are you eating like snack, reading and loving? I am my favorite favorite thing never gets old to me. I could do it every single day. And I do pretty much every day. I eat two eggs and an avocado. Okay. That is, that's my go-to. I absolutely love it. I'm all about Uh really, um, good cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. No, that's, but I, that's, that's my, um, that's my everyday. Okay. Is it scrambled eggs? Are they scrambled? Huh? Are they scrambled eggs? No, I fried. Okay. Fried eggs and And an avocado. Okay. That sounds great. I love avocado. So I'm with you. All right. What are you reading? Um, What am I reading? I'm reading a gentleman in Moscow right now and it's fantastic. I love it. It's an excellent, it's fiction, but it is, um, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. What am I loving? I am loving being a part of all of the things my kids are involved in. I just think it is so much fun. I've got one who is singing in an acapella group for her school. And so getting to see those concerts, my middle one is running track. Mm -hmm. My youngest one is going to be um, the chef in the little mermaid (laughs) and he plays lacrosse right now. It's so much fun to just support them and what they're doing and be able to go and enjoy all those different things. Yeah. So I am, I am absolutely loving the season of being able to be involved in those things. That's awesome. That's great. Hey, thanks again, Angie. Y'all go contact her and grab her book, Poppies in December. You will be encouraged. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.